Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. DeMarcus Cousins is out and Dwight Howard is in. Yeah, it's a weird time to be a Laker fan and I feel like we're reliving six years ago. Welcome to the Hoop Ball Lakers pod and that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. We never saw DeMarcus Cousins in the purple and gold, but we sure have seen Dwight Howard in the purple and gold and hopefully it goes a little bit better this time around than it did the first time. Different expectations, different role, certainly a different contract and I know Dan Bespris, my main man right here, is ready to just jump through this computer screen oh. and make his feelings known. You're you're killing me with this intro, Ethan. You're absolutely killing me. I'm going to cry in the middle of the show. Hey, man, that's okay. We're good with emotion here. <laughs> I'm dying, dude. I'm absolutely dying. I know we have to do, like, show intro stuff, but good Lord. This is, this is, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I know I said I could do a podcast with you. I'm just dropping the microphone and walking away. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm so upset. I'm gonna say I'm gonna send you some of that smooth, creamy, delicious coffee from Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, our proud sponsor of the Hoop Ball Lakers Pod, and we gonna get you right back on track. That might be that might do the trick. It's also Draft Guide Day, by the way. Hey, now it's just all happening once, once and for all at Hoop Ball, isn't it? It is all happening at the same time. I thought we were gonna get to just focus on uh, on Draft Guide release today, and then the. The Lakers worked out most spates, and that I thought maybe was going to be the Lakers' news of the morning. And then they signed Dwight freaking Howard. I mean, I, I'm out of. I'm I'm going to lose it, man. I really am going to lose it. This is this is a guy who has been drummed out of nine places. No one wants him. I I. Look, so, man, I got some thoughts on Dwight Howard, and it's a lot to process. So let me try to go piece yeah, by piece. Yeah, yeah. Take, take me, take us, take me, take all of us through this piece by piece. Because if I just, if I just launch into it, I'm going to lose my mind. You, you got to remember. I mean, what a precipitous fall for a guy who was once upon a time viewed as the future of the Lakers, right? This guy once found himself in the exact position Anthony Davis now finds himself in, which is one year with the Lakers. Let's see what happens. Trial run with an uncertain future. Now, we think Anthony Davis's future is going to be more certain than Dwight Howard's, but as we've seen in the past and certainly in the recent NBA, nothing is sacred, nobody is safe, everybody's up for grabs. And I think with this Dwight Howard signing, look, we have to contextualize it because this is not the player that the Lakers put up billboards, billboards for. And really, they should have never put up billboards for that version of Dwight Howard because that wasn't the Dwight Howard Superman version that so many people wanted to see. And instead, what it was was a compromised Dwight Howard who was coming off of back surgery, who really didn't know what his next move was going to be, how he's going to, do, to adjust as a player, 
and really probably should have sat out for a lot longer than he did when he first joined the Lakers. This version of Dwight Howard has come and gone. A lot of people have seen his game. You know, he played a handful of games for the Wizards last year, then sort of became an afterthought. So much so that the Wizards saw Thomas Bryant emerge and said, you know what, we really don't need Dwight Howard even at a discount. And now this is a guy who couldn't even get a guaranteed minimum deal. Instead, he takes a non-guaranteed deal with the Lakers. And apparently went through an exhaustive job interview, for lack of a better phrase, in order to do this, right? He sat down with JaVale McGee. He sat down with Rajon Rondo. He sat down with Jason Kidd. He sat down with the Lakers front office. Can we, can we pause? Wait, we, gotta, the, we have to pause on that part, right? That that's the job interview. Can you even imagine what kind of... Okay, I, I get it. The world is absolutely nuts. So nothing is nothing is crazy right now. But can you even imagine walking into a job interview with where the people interviewing you are JaVale McGee? And Rajan Rondo, that's got to be like the joke of the century already. I mean, at least Anthony Davis was there. Can we yeah, talk true. about how all this is happening on Kobe's birthday as well? Oh, is there irony in that or oh, what? Happy, happy birthday, Mamba. This is nuts. So it, it kind of like strikes me as maybe this is an epic troll job by Kobe, right? Is he that much of a chess master while we're all out here trying to piece the chess? together is he really out here pulling the strings with Palinka saying I'm gonna bring this big dude back on a non-guaranteed deal back into my franchise show him a slice of humble pie and it's all gonna happen on my birthday would that be a mamba power move or what <laughs> I don't know I don't know or is it the other way around are the Lakers like well now nobody can say Kobe's pulling the strings after we brought this clown back to town I, I like your way better, though. Look, that, I, I like anything that makes you know, Kobe look like he's shadow And I GM. think, look, as fans, and especially as Lakers fans, right, we do a good job of contextualizing literally anything this franchise does, Everything. right? Oh, yeah, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee. Oh, yeah, well, you know what? The Lakers probably aren't going to beat the Warriors playing their way, so they should probably build this roster that way, even though it makes no logical sense whatsoever from nice. a construction standpoint, right? There were a lot of people who talked themselves into that last year. And I think what we have now is, look, there's no doubt the Lakers were in the market for a big man, right? I said on the last episode of the Hoopball Lakers pod that I still would have prioritized a wing over another big because... Because I think Anthony Davis can play more inside, but maybe he's really adamant about not playing inside. And maybe that's been communicated to the front office and to the coaching staff. Obviously, he has a preference to play the floor. So they said, look, we need another banger. I just thought of the available options, right? Marcin Gortat, he needs to go to China, Europe, or somewhere else because yeah. the NBA is not for him anymore. He became an afterthought very quickly. Most Spates wasn't even in the league last year. He played in China. So those two guys were sort of non-options. I just felt like when it came down to Joe Kim Noah and Dwight Howard, I personally feel like we have seen Joakim Noah be a contributor on a successful team. And granted, the Grizzlies weren't really successful last year, but in a successful construct, in a very defined role, more than we've seen from Dwight Howard, because we've never really seen that from Dwight Howard. And it's been a number of years since we could say Dwight Howard was a steady contributor for any kind of constructive team. The biggest problem I have with the signing isn't necessarily the signing itself, because if he does come in and rebounds and block shots and buys in, right, that's a big if because it's easier said than done. So if he comes in and does that, that's all fine and good and a of course, he could play a role. My real issue with it is as the Lakers try to form a chemistry and identity as a, some ideology of who they are as a team in a year where they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the roster in the first year of that pairing, we're all going to sit here and talk about Dwight Howard. That's my problem. It brings an old narrative back to the forefront and already gives this team something they really didn't need to deal with from an off-the-court perspective. Of course, that's going to be a bigger story now before training camp, before exhibition games, before the preseason, before the season starts, all of that. But it's going to be a talking point now. 
and probably for the next month or so at the very least. This dude is an unmitigated disaster in a locker room. That's the that's the thing. I don't even care about his game anymore because you said it in in your last statement there. Uh, the Lakers want to save Anthony Davis during the regular season. They want someone else that can go, you know, knock around with the the 280 pound guys. And AD has, I think he's gone on record as actually saying, like, I'll play all the center you want in the postseason. You know, he'll bang around with them when they've got two days off between every basketball game. But when there's 82 and he's trying to play in 75 of them, I get it. He wants to chase, you know, stretch fours around right now. Those guys aren't going to put a punishing on him. He'll it'll be the other way around. So fine. You wanted to bring a bring in some giant dude who can rebound. I have no problem with that. And like you, I would have far preferred to see uh, to see Joakim Noah as the next guy to just take some of the burden off of Anthony Davis at center. If for no other reason than we just saw a sweet viral video of Noah clowning on Devin Booker circle across the internet, right? That was reason enough to bring Noah into the Lakers over Dwight Howard. But forget all of that for a minute. Dwight Howard has been everywhere. I mean, he's been on teams now where he won't even suit up for them. And the one thing that's been constant, with the exception of Orlando, is that, and a sort of the Lakers, I guess. I mean, you can call that 50-50. Everything lately, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, Memphis... I think there was even another spot where he was officially a, uh, a player for like a quarter of a minute. They've all wanted him gone. They've all wanted him gone. So why is this redemption story the one that we're supposed to buy into? The one where he's been in the NBA for 15 years is suddenly the one that's going to be the real story? He's never averaged fewer than 26 minutes a game in any of his NBA seasons. And when he's been healthy, he's never averaged fewer than 29 and a half why are we supposed to believe that Dwight Howard, who apparently said all the right things to, like you said, AD and Rondo and JaVale and the Lakers front office, where the hell was LeBron, by the way, uh, why are we supposed to believe that he's going to accept an 18- or 20-minute role or whatever it is to, to get Anthony Davis out of the center position? We have no reason to take him at his word, and the only thing keeping me from leaping off a metaphorical bridge is that the contract is non-guaranteed. But at the very least, it could be wildly wasted time here at the beginning of the year where we let Dwight Howard rip a, a locker room apart. I, I have just... I, I see almost no positives in what just happened. Well, I think the reality is, too, like... That's the thing for me. The, the, will Dwight Howard buy in? And we have seen nothing to suggest that he will at every stop, right? Even when he came to Lakers prior, it was, oh, we're not going to post up because we have Mike D'Antoni and we don't play that way. And what happened? Dwight Howard wanted to post up. And ever since he's been in the NBA, he's wanted to play a very specific style of basketball. And that style, A, doesn't necessarily meet the needs of this team and B he's not being brought in to be the Dwight Howard of old. He is being brought in to be the eighth or ninth guy on this team. He will play behind JaVale McGee. He might even be just an insurance policy. What I will say is because it's not even a minimum contract, it is a non guaranteed contract. It is a training camp deal for Dwight Howard. So if it is a problem before it becomes a headache or before it becomes a migraine, the Lakers can simply cut ties, wave goodbye and say, hasta mañana, my man but again it doesn't prevent this narrative of creeping back into the picture of oh man here we go again is Dwight in the Lakers and that's really hard as you're a team 
not only with LeBron James, not only with Anthony Davis, but a brand new team with brand new players up and down the roster trying to build an identity that is unique with a first-tier head coach who has Jason Kidd as his assistant, right? There are a lot of variables in this mix, and now you just brought in a stick of dynamite on top of it. Granted, you could chuck it really quickly, but at the same time, yeah. you also didn't need to pick up that stick. Yeah, you got to chuck it before it explodes, right? I mean, that's the that's the the if they pull it off like the Rockets did last year, you know, they pulled the plug on Melo in like 25 minutes last season. Yes, okay, fine. Maybe they can they can stop this thing before it gets out of hand, but good lord, you are asking for so much trouble with this decision. And and for me, the other thing, Ethan, is that I actually felt like, yeah, sure, the Lakers missed out on Kawhi Leonard, but I think everybody agreed they sort of had to go for that. I thought the Lakers did a pretty damn good job of rebounding when they missed out on Kawhi Leonard. I thought the narrative has been pretty good. They signed, uh, they brought in really experienced assistant coaches around Frank Vogel. They brought in guys that could shoot and spread the floor as the complementary pieces. Danny Green, shooter, floor spacer. Boogie, before he got hurt, could actually space the floor from the center position. Uh, let's see who else we throw in the mix. They re-signed Caruso, who so, shown himself to be solid on the defensive and, end. That like all of these things were we confidence talk, builders. Can we? I mean, can we talk about that too? Because here's the other piece. The part of the reason I said the Lakers would have benefited from having another wing is because of what you just said. Demarcus Cousins has the capability to stretch the floor. Dwight Howard does not in no. any capacity. So now Anthony Davis becomes your floor stretching big and really he's better suited to take advantage of mismatches down low than Dwight Howard ever was. Oh yeah, Dwight Howard is not a one-on-one scorer. He's he's a rim runner and I am petrified right now that they're going to start Dwight Howard. Like because no. I, no. I, I really Absolutely. I'm I know, but th- listen, this is why I'm scared. In terms of big body to bang with starting caliber centers he is that, and JaVale isn't really. McGee's tall, but he gets pushed around. He's not a great rebounder. There's a universe, and I don't think it's that far-fetched to say Dwight Howard starts and plays the first six minutes of the basketball game because he's just bigger. He's wider than JaVale McGee. But you but you know what? If Dwight Howard pl- starts and plays the first six minutes, comes back and plays the last three and plays 18 minutes a game, nine minutes a half, are you signing up for a player in that role? If it was Joe Kim Noah, I would. <laughs> and, I mean, and I think that's and, and really that's the thing because look, Joe Kim Noah was largely an afterthought himself before his resurrection and resurgence with the Memphis Grizzlies, right? And there were questions about whether he would be bought in or not. And even Noah said himself, "Look, I should have never went to New York. There was too much partying, too much off the court distraction, and in Memphis is perfect for me because there's nothing to do." I think Dwight Howard has learned a lot about himself, but you know, I say that time and time again. But there is no better teacher than a slice of humble pie, to be very honest. And I think when Dwight Howard realized that he was traded to a team that could definitely use his services because Memphis just needs talent on the roster all the way up and down at every position, and even they were like, nah, we don't want you, man. The Lakers might be Dwight Howard's last chance in the NBA. I don't think it's far-fetched or exaggeration at all to say that. (sighs) (laughs) I I know. I know, I know. Look, if you would have told me at the very minute that Dwight Howard chose to leave the Lakers prior, that fast forward Seven a half years. decade later, and we'd be having conversations about Dwight Howard on the Lakers, it would have made my head spin just like it is now. But you have to remember that, look, remove the name, 
right? And I know this is a hard part of it, but you have to remove the name in terms of the fit. Logically, in terms of the roster construction, this type of player with this skill set can help this team. But again, my problem is you can't just remove the name from the back of the jersey. And when people see Howard and they see it's Dwight, all those memories are going to come right rushing back. And we're going to have a narrative that this team didn't really need, but is inviting by making this move. And I think that's going to be one of their biggest hurdles to navigate as they open the season together. But look, on the other side of that, maybe Dwight Howard has really learned. Maybe Dwight Howard is willing to accept a role because he knows he wants to stay in the NBA. And maybe the Lakers really view this as, look, man, even one semi-misstep and we're cutting bait with you because we just can't afford it. The fact that Anthony Davis signed off on it, that makes me feel better. Very conspicuously absent, LeBron James. Yeah, uh, that I, I wanted to get to that in a minute here too. I just, I, I'm, I'm still... I got to grab on to the one thing you said there. You can't take the name off the back of the jersey. If you just could plug in someone with their head right who had Dwight Howard's current ability level, yeah, fine. For sure. You know, he fill, he does fill a role that we need, which is keep Anthony Davis healthy for 74 and- games. But and let's can't. not pretend. Let's not sit here and pretend that Joe Noah is uh, stable in terms of what we can expect from him because he's sort of a dynamic no. variable player himself, right? No, but he not can to the pass. That Dwight Howard might be, but in terms of uh, stable, know what to expect from night to night. Joe Noah has never been that either. No, but he can pass for very different reasons. That in terms of just fit, he's a, he's a big man who can swing the ball and doesn't ever look for his own shot. That that to me is actually helpful. Although I will say the one, <laughs> that's that's because he can't shoot. <laughs> that's because he can't shoot. You're right. It's it's a pinwheeling like whatever that thing is frisbee coming out of his hand. Uh, I, I get you know Dwight Howard will be a better finisher at the rim than Joe Kim Noah would have been, but I just I'm not I wasn't I'm not worried about that type of thing. I'm not worried about if someone can dunk or not. I I wanted someone who could pass the ball and not be a distraction. And I felt like of those choices, there's just no way that it could be Dwight Howard. I I wish we could detach the numbers from the man. I mean his last season in Charlotte, which is two years ago now. He did average 17 and 12 with one and a half blocks. Like that's a that's a solid set of numbers, but then you hear it was Dwight Howard and you just know he dragged everything down around him. My favorite betting move. You know I'm a bit of a degenerate on that side. I fade Dwight just Howard every just a small one just, anyway. Just a small one. I fade Dwight Howard everywhere he goes. I bet the under every team he goes to and I bet the over as soon as he leaves those teams. And it's almost infallible at this point. Charlotte went over last year. They went under when they had Dwight Howard. Atlanta, under with Dwight Howard. Much better. Now, obviously, they went into a maximum rebuild, but much better from a a team-building standpoint the following year. It's the same story every time. Now, I will say this. This is my last point before we pivot to the LeBron thing. Uh, My last point is this. Yes, it's a non-zero chance that this works. There's always a non-zero chance, I think. You know, there was probably like a 3% chance that Carmelo Anthony worked in Houston last year. And there's probably like a 10% chance that Dwight Howard works. But that's that's not high enough for me. We I, Like, I get it. And I said this about Rajon Rondo, too. I said, look, there's there's a window where he makes a lot of sense. And this was back, actually, in his... Uh, I guess you could probably call it the 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 Pelicans days for Rondo. I said, this could actually work if he stays out of the way and just gives the ball to the people that need it. And he kind of did like he was a net negative defensively on that team, 
but he made the team slightly better because he got out of the way. He gave the ball to Drew Holiday, who could attack at the two. He gave the ball to Anthony Davis. He didn't try to do all that much. And so I said, look, there's like a 10% chance you get a decent Rajon Rondo with that team. That's the same. It's not the same, but it's a similar set to what we're getting here with Dwight Howard. There's like a 10% chance that this works, which is what we just talked about. Name off the jersey. He plays the first five minutes and then maybe another four or five, maybe even the beginning of the second quarter. I don't know, because uh, there's going to have to be some Anthony Davis at center over the course of a game. But you're talking about 18 to 20 minutes of ball game. He plays hard. He rebounds. He takes a little bit of a punishment, so AD doesn't. He gets out of the way, takes a shower, goes home, doesn't eat a 15 candy bars, and just whatever the Lakers can milk out of him before his back gives out, Cool. But there's still, in my estimation, about a 90% chance that something goes wrong. He becomes a story, which is what you were talking about. He's already a story. It becomes a story again. He gets badly hurt. At least they can cut him. But to me, it's just the ROI is just not good enough. And that's... I said that I was... (laughs) Ethan, you and I were texting before we went on air. And I said, normally I'm crazy on this podcast, but it's like medicated crazy. Today I'm unmedicated crazy on Dwight Howard. I just... I can't... Even as a Laker, deluded Laker fan, I can't talk myself into that 10% being a worthwhile gamble. I mean, but what does the ROI have to be? Just to play devil's advocate for a little bit, what does the ROI have to be for a guy who's on a non-guaranteed deal for it to be considered successful? He has to not be at any point a net negative. You don't need a positive, but you need to avoid a negative. That's my okay. That's my it's feel. it's not it's not a guarantee, but it's not impossible either, right? Not impossible. Ten percent chance, I think, that this works okay. I mean, here's here's my concern, right? Besides besides the narrative itself, let's talk about Dwight Howard, the shot blocker, right? Because that's been oh, Dwight Howard can come in rebound block shots, okay? Let's talk about that because Dwight Howard is coming off of a season where he played exactly nine games, averaged exactly four tenths of a block shot per game. That's not a good number. No. And under 10 rebounds per game. He had a sore and butt. The as last you may time recall. Dwight Howard blocked over two shots per game, he was wearing, wait for it, no. purple and gold. Don't with do the it. Lakers in 2012 <laughs> 13. So do I'm it. not saying we're going to have a resurgence to that. What I am saying is it's been a while since Dwight Howard could be considered a quote unquote shot blocker. I think people see that, oh, this guy averages more than a block a game. He's a shot blocker. Or better yet, he's a rim protector. That is not necessarily true. Just like in fantasy, we see, oh, this guy, he gets a lot of steals. He's a good defender. Mm, it could mean he gambles a lot, actually. Yeah. And he's a crappy defender. So you can't equate stats with ability. And for Dwight, I think the biggest concern is how will he hold up physically because we haven't seen that from him in literally six years. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I think you can safely say is that he's still a pretty good rebounder. Other than that, you just have no idea. I mean, the good thing is, at least on this Lakers team, you've got AD, you've got LeBron, you've got Kuzma, you've got an upgraded offensive cast around the three main guys, right? Dwight Howard shouldn't really need to score on this team. He should be able to play a role, for lack of a better comparison, similar to JaVale McGee. Get the rebounds, try to protect the rim, finish with alley-oops, and do your job, man. That's it. Will he sign up for that role? That is a much, much, much bigger question. But if he doesn't sign up for that role, then the Lakers will wave goodbye. So he's got to play the line of good soldier, for lack of a better way to say it, in order to keep his career alive. Look, the Lakers need him, but the Lakers need him way less than Dwight Howard needs the Lakers. Dwight Howard needs the Lakers tremendously more than the Lakers need him. 
Let me, let me let's play one game here. My game is if you could tell Dwight Howard's agent one thing to whisper to Dwight Howard for this year with the Lakers, what would it be? And mine is if I'm his agent, I walk up to Dwight and I say, if you want a guaranteed NBA contract next year and the following year, you go out there with the Lakers and you average somewhere between two and three offensive rebounds a game in 20 minutes. You get your team an extra three free possessions with your time on the floor and whatever net negative you might be from not spacing the floor, you can wipe that out in a heartbeat. That, that is the thing I'd whisper to Dwight Howard. What about you? I think what I would say if I were Dwight Howard's agent is very simple. I'd be keep the focus on basketball because every time Dwight Howard has gone to a new place recently, he's come up with this cockamamie narrative, some stupid analogy, some story to tell, some slice of humble pie, redemption, saga, et cetera, et cetera. Just stop. Just be like, look, I'm here to play basketball. I'm here to do my job. That's it. Don't give the media a story that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Dwight Howard is very good at talking, but sometimes it actually says more when you just stop talking and you just start doing instead of just talking and not necessarily doing. Because if Dwight Howard can limit expectations and limit the narrative and just go out and play that's how certain people especially people in the media will start talking about him differently and if Dwight Howard is so concerned about his image at this point in his NBA career then his head is not in the right space that's the advice I give Dwight Howard look man I'm your agent love you care about you appreciate you all that stuff is great but I need to hold you accountable because right now if you go down we both go down together yeah <laughs> right on that front uh by the way um I'm not that worried about LeBron James not being at the meeting. I, I, I think that everything around Dwight Howard is just about saving Anthony Davis's legs and body. And so to me, there's, he's really sort of the only guy that absolutely positively needed to be at that thing. I would have liked to have seen LeBron there, though. Yeah, I mean, look, and who knows? Maybe LeBron is filming Space Jam, whatever the case has to be. But at the same time, you really think the Lakers are making a move without keeping LeBron James in the mix and making sure chance. he knows what's going on and that he has some level of sign-off on it? Yeah, I mean, listen, anything that happened, I'm guessing Rich Paul got the report very quickly from everything going on at the meeting. <laughs> oh, without question. And look, Rich Paul, again, obviously Anthony Davis's agent. Obviously, the Lakers have been in touch with him about Anthony Davis playing center. So you got to assume it has some level of endorsement, right? That being said, look, Dwight Howard has a lot to prove because not only about his previous tenure with the Lakers, but about how his career has gone since that point in time. And everything that's been reported says Dwight Howard is going to be on his best behavior. Dwight Howard promises that he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to keep himself in shape. He's going to accept a limited role. It reminds me of one of my students who says, you can work in this spot or in this spot. Those are your options. That's it. You don't have those freedoms anymore. And Dwight Howard is looking to build a build uh, build a bridge of trust where it previously existed but unfortunately he walked through it and it burned in all of its glory so now he's got to piece it together piece by piece by piece there is no quick fix on this one and unfortunately for the lakers right they would like this narrative and this quick fix to happen i'm sure but that's not going to be the case and they're going to have to work through this major hurdle and it's actually going to be a good test for this lakers team to see how tight they can be together in order to build something worth building because otherwise the continuity is going to be disrupted from day one well it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. I'm going to go vomit now. 
Yeah, and I think, look, that's the reaction of a lot of Lakers fans. Don't get me wrong, right? You hear Dwight Howard and you just kind of cringe because that's sort of tied to Kobe. It's sort of tied to, you know, the start of the fall, the Lakers empire, for lack of a better way to say it, et cetera, et cetera. But this version of Dwight Howard is not that version of Dwight Howard. So while I know that part of being a fan is so is being driven by so much emotion, you have to be able to separate that and look at this logically and say, look, the player fits the construct of this roster, but the personality might not. And if the player fits and the personality doesn't then you get rid of him it has to be both or nothing it's like a multiple choice answer it's not just a it's not just b it has to be a b and c all of the above otherwise it's not correct you might be right let's yeah let's see I, how it works out you know let's see how yeah. it works out the lakers kind of box themselves into a corner no fault of their own with demarcus cousins injury of course things happen yeah. but look it was really Dwight Howard or Joe Kim Noah. Dwight Howard wound up being the answer. Marcin Gortat never was. And most spades can go keep balling in China. Keep my, Michael Beasley's seat warm while he's with the Pistons, at least in training camp. And we'll go from there. Because, look, the, the Dwight Howard has to survive several hurdles for him to be even on this team. But the fact that he's being brought into the mix, even on paper, on the roster right now, presents a narrative the Lakers are going to have to successfully navigate. And i got to say, for a team that wants Frank Vogel to have some level of success, man, they are giving him a lot of challenges early on in his first year with this team they are absolutely positively doing that oh quick shout out before you wrap things up ethan uh new music on a lot of our podcasts actually coming up here in the not too distant future uh, i want to give a shout out to our guys isaac lederock and jimmy nimbus for the uh the fat beats on this one on this lakers podcast thanks isaac thanks jimmy uh if you guys like what you hear you can check them out uh I know he goes by by Christian Slick Rock on Twitter. I got to make sure I actually get the handle right. Oh yeah, I was close. It's uh, just Slick Rock. Uh, S L I C K R A C H. Check him out. Uh, he makes beats, and now you can hear them here on the various Hoopball podcasts. You know, so we'll see how it goes and. I guess that's it until next time, man. You know, the Lakers roster looks pretty set. I still think they could uh, add another wing. I I would be nice, but I know they like to keep the flexibility of the open roster spot because you never know what the buyout market looks like. You never know what the trade market looks like, who might become available when. But for now, it's going to be Dwight Howard. It's going to be JaVale McGee, and we shall see how it works at the five spot. The Hoopball Lakers pod is available on Apple Podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Send us an image of it, and we'll send you something nice like a quick high five. We appreciate you. Until the next one, for Dan, I'm Ethan. We out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.